Welcome to the book show of at the end of the universe. And I have a very special guest who has appeared on here before. You know her. You love her. It's my mom, Kristen. Hi, I'm mom. Is that like your catchphrase now? I guess. I, I, I like the catchphrase. Okay. So what do we talk? Which book are we talking about today? We are talking about The Inheritance Games. Okay, bye. By Jennifer Lynn Bonds. Okay. And this book, this copy I have, has a pretty cool history. So I think in January, right? January was Library Palooza? January, early, I think early February. Okay, well, somewhere in the first two months, uh, Library Palooza came up, and Jennifer Lynn Bonds was one of the authors. And I got to see her, and my mom got to introduce her, so how, how does that feel? I mean, I, that's something I really love about being a librarian, is I love going to these awesome book events where I get to meet authors and I can introduce authors to other people literally by reading their biography to the room which that's what I got to do here and I got to meet her um and then she also did what to your book uh she also autographed it and personalized it there you go that Very is cool uh my second author that I have had personalized It was published in September 1st of 2020, and it was published by Little Brown Publishing. I would be honest and say this falls into the mystery genre because, I mean, we'll sort of go into that later on in the plot and... Well, it's one big mystery. Yeah. And just some uh, content warnings. There's language, murder underage drinking, and a whole thing about a shooting. Mm-hmm. So, We say shooting, like, let's be more specific. It's, it's like a one-on-one. It's not yeah. a, a big group of people. It's, yeah, it was a one-on-one. Yeah. But someone was with the person who was Right, but it wasn't a big group. At. That's what I'm yeah. getting at. Okay, so. Uh, tell me a little bit about Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Jennifer Lynn Barnes is the New York Times bestselling author of more than 20 YA books. She has a PhD in cognitive science, psychology, and professional writing. Okay. Has she written other books? Uh, yes. Yeah, she's actually written a couple middle grade YA uh, series. So I think that's really cool that she's got big brains and has a PhD and which a PhD is like the highest level you can get when you study a certain subject. So she's got that. And she's also has a full on writing career. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that I think is really cool. So tell me some important information about the book and I'll add on to what I think is really cool. It uh, won the award of Beck, Best Fiction for Young Adult, and it is in a series of three, soon to be four. Mm-hmm. So in the state of Texas, this was a Lone Star book. And it was? Our, yeah, it was. So Lone Star is like the middle grade for six through eight, um, and we award those, we being the librarians we all come together we collect our big brains and we read a whole bunch of books and we decide which books we think are worthy of the award and there's a list that we decide so it's not just like one 
So yeah, this is definitely was on the list. And that's how I first read it because I was reading all of those books on the list. And, from, and I think you read the second and third one. I have read the second and third one. Um, I do think the first one is the best out of the three. That's typically the case with books. Yeah, 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 for sure. But Except if it is a big book and it had to be made into three. Mm, I could see that. So this book, though, as a librarian, um, I, I mean, general educator, this is a really good book, an easy book for me to convince young readers to read because it's got all the things you want as a reader. So your chapters are shorter. They're high action. Um, the characters are relatable. Um, they're young. And it's fantastic. It's a mystery. It's high action. Like, and you have the Hawthorne brothers. Like, who doesn't love them? Uh, yeah, the Hawthorne brothers. We'll get into them in a second. Okay. So are we going into a spoiler or no? Uh, not right now. We'll maybe do that later on. Another we, one? No, not another one. Like, somewhere throughout this episode. Okay. But we'll, we'll give like, a heads yeah. up. Okay, so tell me, give me a little summary of the story before we dive into the characters. Okay, Avery Grams has inherited billions of billions of dollars from Tobias Hawthorne, a rich guy who has a really weird house. And when I say weird, I mean, like, his house is like, uh, it's like a big mystery house. Like, there's... Almost everything, like, is one big puzzle. The whole house is a puzzle. Exactly. And, um, Avery has to move into the house, and they meet, and she meets a wild cast of characters, and sort of, quote-unquote, solves two mysteries. So, two mysteries are solved? Yes. And do you want me to mention them? Mm, no, not yet. Huh. Okay. So I also want to add to this, um, in the, uh, so our, our big rich family is living in this house. So it's, um, the Hawthorne family and the, uh, patriarch of the family. So it's like the, the leader, the grandpa of the family, he leaves Avery all of his money. And so not all of it, a whole bunch of no, it. No, it was like all of it. Like she gets everything. No, I I thought in the will some of the family members got like a couple million dollars. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I thought that was part of the whole deal. She get everything and they get nothing. I think I I think some of them got a little money. Okay. But I'm not sure. Well maybe. So when this happens, and this is a point of contention for the uh the family, because they're still living at the house. And the rule is she has to spend an entire year living in this house. So imagine you're living in your house with somebody who comes in and that person who comes in, all they have to do is live in your house for a year and they get everything. They get the house, they get the money, they get your businesses. They get everything. So that's one of the things. So now you've got this um, very tense feeling, right, and between Avery and the Hawthorns. And there are four grandsons. Two of them are really mentioned the most, mm -hmm. and that's Grayson and Jameson. Mm -hmm. Xander was mentioned uh, most of the time, but Nash was rarely mentioned. 
So what's really cool about the grandsons, and again, this is totally spoil-free, um, all of the grandsons are trying to figure out what is Avery's deal? Why has she been chosen? So that's one of their mysteries that they're solving is why her and not us? Why are you taking everything we knew away from us and giving it to a stranger that's not even related to us? Yes. Um, and Avery was pretty poor, so yes. her, be- her getting really rich is new to her. It is. In fact, she was living in her car. Yes, and it, it didn't used to be like that. Her mom died, and mm-hmm. uh, her life just became a wreck. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a, one of the riddles that was left, it was a box that had a whole bunch of items and the boys had to decipher them and figure out what they mean. And two of the things, in fact, if you look on the cover of the book, Elliot has a book in front of him. I think it was the glass ballerina and the knife. Yes, it is. So something Jennifer Lynn Barnes mentioned when we got to hear her speak is with the publishers, they said, hey, for the illustration on the cover of the book, what items do we need to include? And so she included the the glass ballerina and the knife. And that is very important in the game because that's one of the riddles the boys had to figure out. And so I just want to mention this quote from the book. It says, I told you, kid, you're not a player. A player in the game. Okay. So you're not a player. You're the glass ballerina or the knife. So either you're this fragile beautiful thing or you're this really tough dangerous scary thing you're this dangerous thing that's going to take us out so that's something that these the brothers are trying to figure out with the riddle so they like Elliot mentioned this house is so cool they've got like puzzles and trap doors and secret rooms and the entire house is in itself puzzle and even um I don't want to really get into spoilers, but... Not yet. Don't yeah, mention it yet. then. Okay. I won't mention it. So, yeah, the... the um. Sorry, I'm watching my cats fight outside. Well, they're not fighting. They're playing. <laughs> I'm very distracted right now. Okay, so back to the book. Um, it's. I thought it was fantastic. It's a great read aloud um, for the adults. If you've ever seen the Knives Out movie... This is like the kid-friendly version of Knives Out. And if you are younger than 18 listening to this, um, ask, wait till you're 18 to watch Knives Out. If there's a Knives Out, is there a Knives In? Uh, that's a good question. Okay. Um, so I really like that one quote from the book, though, about her being the glass ballerina because I think it, it gives you like a little clue and it's not a spoiler in the story. None of that. Um, another really one I like, was because remember this is a game in the book and and the grandsons are raised thinking everything is a game okay so everything's a game avery avery grams the only thing we get to decide in this life is if we play to win i think jameson said that yeah so i think it's fantastic and he mentioned that later on um after he had some Heartbreaking news that we'll get into in the spoilers. But mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes was, You owe me Australia. Okay, why don't you tell me who said that and mm-hmm. what the, the story is behind that quote? Because that I think is a really, it's a good choice. 
but I want to understand like why Australia? Okay, so why not? You owe me twenty bucks. So Maxine said that Maxine is Avery's best friend, and one of the things I love about Maxine is her fake swear words. Mm-hmm. Like she has mother facts or mm-hmm. I love you too, beach. So instead of saying like actual curse words and adult words, she um basically censors herself, but it's really funny. So yeah. Maxine is a really good like sidekick and she's very funny. Mm-hmm. And she said you owe me Australia because Avery got shot at. Mm-hmm. Not shot, shot at. And uh, Maxine said, Avery, if you get shot at again and I'm not there to help you out, then you owe me Australia. And she said that because, like, Avery has a billion, billions of billions of dollars. Like, she could potentially buy a country. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, she would have to, like, go through a whole bunch of legal paperwork and... I mean, when you got letter. lawyers, you could do that, you know? Okay, so... This is a fantastic book. It's a big mystery. It's very cool. It continues on for two more books. I'm waiting on the fourth one to be released because I really love this series. I loved how the first book was just like chef's kiss perfect. The second book, I'll be honest, it was there. The third book, I liked it. But I only like it if you've read the second book. I would not recommend you read the third book if you haven't read the second book. But I do love how we wrapped up the story in the third book. So I'm very curious how the fourth book's going to go. Because I know Jennifer Lynn Barnes, when we talked to her, she or heard her. She mentioned that it's going to be like the story of the four boys. And so, she even has a title for it. Yes. What is the title? The Brothers Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. And I think it's coming out this year in September. Yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to be when it comes out. Okay, so my question to you, Elliot, do you think this would this book would work as a TV or movie adaptation? I and- think it would be a movie, but it had. I think if you could pull it off in live action, I think it would do really well. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to see it as a TV series, like a mini TV series, like yeah, where instead of thirty minute episodes, there may be an hour. Because I think that this book is so full of of twists and turns and everything like that, that it's like, hmm, what is going on with, the, you know what I mean? So this is definitely, there's a lot jam-packed in here. And this is one of those kinds of books that if you accidentally skip a chapter, you miss a lot. So I think yeah. that's why, to me, a short, like a, a TV series. Yeah. Not a TV series for every chapter. Cause no. That would just be like maybe five minutes every episode. Yeah, they're again, they're very short chapters. They're like yeah. one to two to three pages. Okay, now let's say someone has not read this book. If someone is a fan of certain kind of books or authors. Like if you like the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew or like any, any type of those mysteries like Sherlock Holmes or Agatha Christie, you would mm-hmm. probably like this. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think also if someone's a big fan of um, just in general Rube Goldberg machines. Those are really cool if you've never seen it. It's basically you're creating this complicated thing just to do a simple thing. Exactly. Like you have. Like there was this whole. I saw a picture where it was like you had rolled a ball and then the ball uh, hit an inflator and the inflator inflated a balloon. And then the balloon 
hit something to turn on a light switch. Yeah, and in Rube Goldberg machines are mentioned in this book a lot. Yes. So that kind of I think should give you like a an idea of the kind of mysteries we're solving in here. Um, also, I think if you just like silly and fun and adventure, you'd like this. Um, this is. When I say realistic, it's realistic because it takes place in this world. It's not a fantasy. It's not sci-fi. Like, it takes place in our world. So, we're good there. Okay. What other, what kind of books do you think? Okay. Wait, no, no, no. You already said that. You already said yeah. that. If you like Nancy Drew or any kind of mysteries. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, What other books should someone read once they've read this? Basically the same thing I said all Like, Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, look at Rube Goldberg Machine like that type of stuff okay um do you think that people should read the rest like her other series um, what was the other book called that you got the naturals yeah so that one looked really good i haven't read that one yet yeah so she has this other the natural series it's it's also like a series and i know when i was at the middle school my students did like that series a lot they were they were constantly going to it um i think it's about like kids who join the fbi mm-hmm. and they have like enhanced abilities i think that's super cool um is there anything we need to add about this book um nothing else that max's fake swear words are pretty funny yeah that that is pretty funny um which one was your favorite i mean faxing is funny i like uh i love you too beach uh-huh yeah, no, Max is Max is funny. I think that she's definitely that comedic relief we need. She she's my favorite character because like everything's so tense and serious, and then Maxine's like that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Something we didn't mention. Well, we mentioned, but I think we should have gone deeper into it. So something else that's really cool. So imagine you are a young high schooler, and all of a sudden you get thrown into this ultra wealthy world. And it, like you said, it's it's unlike anything she's ever experienced. So she lives with her sister in the back of a car. Like they live in their car at the beginning of the book. So then all of a sudden they get all this access to this money. And so Avery, rightfully so, is like, hey, we need to get my sister protection. Like, I want to make sure she's safe. And she isn't talking to Drake. Who is Avery. Well, hold on, hold on. Hold. We'll get yeah. to it. Let me, let me explain the sister, and then we can explain Drake. Yes. Okay. So the sister, um, I'm not going to say that she's bad. I'm not going to say that she's good. She's trying her best because she's also young herself. You know, and her mom, both of their mom, passed away. Yes. And that's what, you know, she's just trying to take care of her sister, but she's also trying to be her own person. And so she's got this boyfriend, and what happens is they are pulling the sister aside and and trying to give her protection but the boyfriend sister's boyfriend is his name is drake not the rapper not the rapper right um so the problem is is she's got all of these connections and they're trying to ask her for money yeah and so not just like they're asking for money. They're going to the press to release information about her. And thankfully, the Hawthorns have this fantastic lawyer who's trying to... I think it's Orin. No, Orin's the bodyguard. Mm-hmm. It's... um. Why can't I think of her name? It's the girl. Anyway, so she has this fantastic lawyer. And the lawyer, what she ends up doing is like, 
basically killing any bad stories before they could leak to the press. And Avery also gets involved because of she's inherited this money. So she's also inherited the business. And she's also a target now. Yeah, now she's a big target for the media and she's all over the place and they're watching her. She started walking around with a big sign that says, go on, attack me and get all the money. Yeah. Um, But what else she did is she had to take over the charities. And imagine you're a student, you're at this elite school, because, you know, she has to be at a fancy school now, and that is a big thing. So she's a student, and she has to run a charity. So, you know, she's trying to make do, and I get it. Um, You have a lot of stuff, like... Her life has totally changed, and I think watching how her life totally changes she comes out pretty okay in the story like we don't see her completely lose it we don't see her like spending all her money on silly stuff like like like, she, mo- like most rich people do spending yeah their stuff on ridiculous things something else she's trying to figure out is she wants to make sure that her having the money is rightful and yeah. not because she doesn't want to take money if it really does belong to someone else and she also uh like i mentioned earlier almost everybody's wanting money from her mm-hmm. like just like i've i've sort of heard of this before but sometimes when someone wins the lottery the family's usually like oh my god can you give me like some of this money like maybe just like just a couple thousand dollars like please it would help me out a lot and then they go spend it on silly stuff and you know it's a joke that they say whenever you be- win the lottery all of this family you never knew before comes out of the woodworks because they're trying to say, oh, you're a family. I'm going to, I want some of your money. It's like, but you're not my family. I've never yeah. met you. And if I did win the lottery, I'd typically try to keep to myself. Well, I think that's what Avery's trying to do, but also, okay, well, that leads to my next question to you. Um, do you like Avery as a character? Like, would you want to be her friend other than her having all the money like would you do yeah. you do you like her yeah okay so i think she's pretty loyal yeah she like look at how she treats maxine like she treats maxine pretty well yeah she does and maxine's her bestie and the only bestie if i look correct yeah yeah because everyone else is trying to get what from her money and does maxine care for that no no not at all except australia she really likes well her. it's it's she doesn't really, she's not serious about that. That's what we call figurative language. Well, also, like, near the end, uh, Avery said, like, Avery was talking to someone and said, like, do you think you could buy Maxine and her family first-class tickets to Australia? Like, that's a callback to that joke, but yeah. Um, I mean, I would like to go to Australia. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Someone want to buy us tickets to Australia? We'll go. Okay, anything else we need to add before we close this out? Well, not close out because we're going to do the spoilers. Okay. Well, let's, if you are, if, if you, you are willing point. to stay fantastic, we're about to spoil it. But before we spoil it, Ellie, what are the books we are reading for the next one? Uh, next, we are reading The Door of Novaton by Kwame Alexander and Alone. I don't remember who wrote that because. Is it Megan Freeman, I think? Yeah, I think it was Megan E. Uh, Megan E. Freeman, yes. So, check those books out. Read them. The novel's involved, so you should finish them pretty fast. But what's, why are we reading them for because, the month of April? Uh, because April is, uh, novel involved. Nope. 
so novel and verse. Nope. What? Poetry. poetry. National poetry. And so novels and verse are big poems. <laughs> big poems. Big so, poems. Okay. So if you have not read the book, go ahead and stop listening now. We thank you. And let's give some spoilers to this. Yeah, these spoilers are juicy. Okay. Are you gone? I hope you're gone. Please like, uh, listen to another episode. Cool. All right. Go ahead. Spoil away. Tell me. Talk to me. Okay. Everything you wanted to spoil. Drake shot a shot at Avery, and Sky was the one who let her in. Mm-hmm. Did you expect that? Um, I. <sighs> I didn't expect Sky to do. It. I would have figured like. Yes and no. I would have figured Libby would have done it since you know Libby falls for Drake easily. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been Grayson since Grayson wants all the money. But once Grayson said, like, I wasn't, I didn't want to shoot at you, that sort of crossed him off my list. I mean, I figured Sky would have done something like that. It's always it's always the person who's mentioned the least. Well, that's kind of, I think, on purpose with the mystery. But I, I could see Sky opening the door to let in somebody like that because um, she's she wants to protect her kids, right? Yes. And I could definitely see that. She wants to make sure that they are financially set up. So I can see her for sure letting someone in that could make sure her kids and her are financially secure. Because it's not just the boys who lost all that money, but it's her too. And we found out who killed Emily Laughlin. Mm-hmm. And why is that important? Because Jameson made a big deal about Emily and how he missed her. But here's the thing. Jameson was the one who killed Emily. Okay. Not went up and, like, stabbed her in the back. Like, Emily was drowning and uh, Jameson thought uh, she was playing. And eventually she just died. So, I guess it was sort of Grayson's fault. Not Grayson, sorry. Jameson's fault. And we find out that Tobias Hawthorne is alive. Not dead. He is alive. He is alive? Uh, if you remember in the first chapter. Is it Tobias that's alive? Mm, I think it Harry was Tobias. Oh, so we're even left on a cliffhanger. So if you remember in the first ten chapters, Harry was the one Avery played chess with. And, mm. you, and then Harry... It's Tobias. Like, who who figured that would happen? That's what we think. That's I guess you got to read the next book. I, I want to read it so bad. All right. Well, I guess we got to get it. What other spoilers do you think we need to talk about? Uh, what about that? Was this one the one with the island fire? No. Okay, that's the second one. There you go. There's a little... Did you just spoil it for me? I didn't spoil anything, but there is an island fire involved somewhere. Okay. Now, do you think, so she's got all this money. By the end of the trilogy, do you think she's going to keep it all? Or are they going to figure out that she shouldn't have it? What do you think? I think she's just going to be like, okay, you've done enough to me. Everybody gets a little bit of the money. Okay. How about we just split it 50-50 and you guys are all happy and no one will try to shoot at me again. So that, that's my prediction. Either that or she's just going to leave the money behind. Okay. Do you think Maxine will remain a faithful friend? 
Yes. Okay. What do you think is going to happen with her sister? Uh, her sister is going to fall for Drake again, and she's going to turn to the bad side without noticing. Okay. Or she's going to get killed. Who knows? What about those super, super cute, hunky brothers? What is What do you think is going to happen with her and them? Because th- there's kind of like a yeah. weird love triangle with them. She's like... Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. I don't know which one I should fall in love with. But I also don't like them that much. Do you trust the brothers? Um, not Grayson and not Jameson, but I trust Xander. Okay. That's and Nash. Okay. Do you I trust th- them because they're not mentioned much? I trust them because like Grayson, like he's just weird, like he's just gonna is he gonna he might come up in like at the night and kill you because he wants the money. Mm-hmm. Because he was told he was going to get the money. Mm-hmm. And then Jameson is constantly drunk. Mm-hmm. And Nash, I think Nash was the motorcycle cowboy, and I just like that. Okay. So, which do you? So you think she's going to fall in love with one of them? Uh, I think Xander, because Xander helped. I Xander helped her out. Quite a lot. And Jameson, like, he's just too drunk. Mm-hmm. And then Grayson, like, nobody trusts him. Mm-hmm. And then Nash. Libby's also sort of already fallen. And Drake. Okay. So that- There's a couple love triangles, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. So. You're saying, you're saying that, like, it's creepy. But, okay. Well, I mean, it's not that it's creepy. It's just really interesting to see because well, do you... you- just- you were just like, and there's some love triangles. Well, there are some love triangles in here. Do you think that the 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 two boys that she's like going back and forth with, do you think that they're being honest with their intentions? Are they no. are they just wanting to kind of get on her side to try to get that money? Get on her side because Grayson and Jameson lied quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And if I were in Avery's shoes, Probably don't fit me, but um, I would be like, nope, nope, Xander. Xander's the one I, ch- I choose. Okay. Um, so something I do want to mention about the brothers and this love triangle thing is that's kind of one of the things that she has to work out throughout the story. So she's trying to figure out, like, can I trust them? Do I not trust them? I don't know. Because they totally could be taking her for her all her money, you know? Okay, anything else to mention about this? No, not that oh, Okay, so if you've made it this far, the next, we're going to do two and one because their novels and verse are a little bit shorter, um, and it's because of uh, April is National Poetry Month, and so what is the books again? The Door of Noah Ton by, by Kwame Alexander. Alexander. Kwame Alexander is fantastic. If you've not read any of his other books, go for it. He's He's so good, and he does a lot of, uh, like, concrete poetry, and especially the ones, like, his sports-looking books. Like, was it Booked was one of them. Crossover. Yeah, Crossover. Uh, crossover is actually a graphic novel, too. So they yeah. turn that into a graphic novel, which is fantastic. But they're really good. So if you are into uh, sports, maybe, maybe you have a reluctant reader on your hand. Yeah. Okay, those are really good to get them reading. Um, and then what's the other one? Uh, Alone by... Oh God, God. Megan. Megan E. Freeman. Freeman. 
not yeah. freeway, Freeman. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Megan, if people are driving <laughs> on you. Okay. So that one's really cool. That one was also a blue bonnet book. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Door of No Return is going to be a blue bonnet book because he's fantastic. So Alone's really cool. That one takes place kind of in a, has like a sci-fi feel to it. So we have our main character and everybody in her community all of a sudden disappears. Reminds me a, l- a little bit of Last Kids on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except we don't have zombies chasing after us. But what's really cool is she's having to learn and go through all the emotions of everybody is gone. Um, And I just want to mention this really fast. If you have any questions or recommendations or just you want to say hi to us, make sure to email us at the bookshelf uh, at the end of the universe at gmail.com. I think that's our email address. You know what? It'll be in the description below. Yeah, it'll be in the description. So if I butchered that, my apologies. But please email us. We haven't gotten anything. And we we might give you a shout out maybe. There you go. Um, Anything else? Are you good? Um, and I don't know, but I sort of want to go to some, I sort of want to see what happens when some rich billionaire dies and leaves me all their money. Fantastic. Okay. I think I would spend it all on cats. Well, this week is school library. Actually, the whole month is school library month. Um, where we live, we are celebrating this week as school librarian week. Go, so, go librarians. Support your public library. We're fantastic. Yeah. So they work um, so hard. We really do. And and I just want to put a little shout out out there that it is very important to let young readers choose the books they want to read. We should have done our Ask a Librarian uh, episode. It's fine. We still got the rest of April. Yeah. Um, but listen to that episode. Maybe I'll show you a librarian that up there you go but i think it's really important to, for us to allow young readers the ability to choose the books they want to read we as adults should not be dictating what they want to read if they want to read the same book over and over again let them read the same book over and over again they feel comfortable with the story structure they feel okay enough and they feel confident with reading that one book or that one series but the other thing is is just because an adult doesn't like the book that someone is reading that's doesn't mean you should hate it, except, like, uh, Kristen over here hates Moby Dick. Some people love Moby Dick. Right. But the point I'm trying to make is, hey, adults, let kids choose their books. Yeah. They're fine. And if you don't like the book, that's, that's fine. fine. That means that book is not meant for you. However, let them choose their books. Let them learn to love the joy of reading. Because that is going to make them a better reader. If all they want to do is read graphic novels. Let them. Let them. Because they've actually done these really cool studies. And these cool studies found that students who start off like young readers, whenever they are reading a lot of graphic novels and reading a lot of books with pictures in it, as they get older and they continue to be readers, they're able to read more tone in novels. So even something like that early on, which might be annoying to you as a parent or as an educator, they're fine. They're reading. They have a book in their hand. And I will not complain about a kid having a book in their hand if they're reading it. Yes. 
Okay. Um, that is my soapbox. And now that you have, now you have given me something to find loopholes in. Okay. So our next books we already talked about. So go ahead, sign us out. Um, this is the bookshelf at the end of the universe. Signing out. I am a lovable host that everybody loves, Elliot. And Kristen, do you want to say something to sign off? Read books. You heard that from the librarian, everybody. Do do what the librarians tell you to do. Don't you have like a sign off? I do, but I I think I already did that one. Well, I said I wanted I wanted to see what happens if a rich billionaire oh, okay. left me all their money. There we go. All right. Bye, go read books. Okay.